Well, let's get into the Word of God today, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to begin there in verse 8 and go to verse 10, well, I'll go 8 to, uh, 8 to 11 probably, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. And in my message this morning, I want to give you uh, an acronym that I put together for joy. Luke chapter 2, and verses 8 to 11. Of course, we understand uh, that uh, without Jesus, we can't have joy. Because Jesus uh, is what joy is. He's all about joy. So, uh, happiness, we know, is a temporary thing, depending on what's going on around us. But joy is more internal. And so Jesus gives us joy. And as we look here in Luke chapter 2 and we think about the Christmas story, and we think about what the Lord Jesus, how he came into this world, and as we see what he, God the Father has offered the whole world, the greatest gift that anyone could ever possess is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can think about some of the greatest things that's in this world, such as money and cars and houses and land, diamonds, whatever it is you want to think of, gold and those kinds of things. Uh, but there is nothing that is greater for a person to possess than the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you have Jesus, if you have Jesus, then you're rich. Uh, rich uh, Richness in life isn't based on the kind of job that you have, how much money is in your account, how much land that you may own. Uh, or any of that, because in reality, you don't own any of it anyways. Uh, it all belongs to the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so the Bible says the earth is His and the fullness thereof. And so that means everything in it belongs to Him already. He created it. He can give it away. Uh, he can take it away. And uh, He can do whatever it is that He sees fit to do with it. Uh, and so it all belongs to Him. Uh, but our richness isn't classified in the things that we possess this morning and wealth and fame and those kinds of things. Uh, but it is really solely based in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we try to find joy and we try to find richness in life in any of these other avenues, uh, we're going to find that when we get to the very end, just when we thought that we were rich enough, we'll realize that we want more. Uh, you know, we are a people that is unsatisfied. We are, we are very uncontent people. Uh, because what we'll do is, is we'll say, you know what, well, if I have this, I'll be happy. And then we get it, and then we realize, well, maybe if I had that, I'll be happy. Well, maybe if I had a little bit more than that, I'd be happy, you know. Maybe if I had this car, I would really be happy. And then you get that car, and then you say, and then they come out with the new model. You know, you, you buy the 2020 edition, and then six months later, they're saying, well, we're coming out with the new 2021. And you're like, oh, well, great day in the morning. I just bought this one, you know. Uh, and so we're just an, an uncontent people. We're always looking for that extra thing, always looking for that extra, uh, that extra thing that we think is really going to bring us the joy. But the world can't provide joy. It can only provide happiness. Jesus can give you that which is eternal and internal, which is joy, joy on the inside. Uh, and so if you're looking for joy uh, to come out of this world, you're looking in the wrong place. And there's a lot of people this morning uh, that are looking in joy and they're trying to flip over every rock they can find and <laughs> trying to talk to everybody that they can to maybe they can give them some great idea or some new secret of life that, you know, or what book that they can read to find where they can find this, uh, where they can find this great joy that they're supposed to have in their life and, uh, and they get directed everywhere except for right here. 
Uh, and this is, this is the Word of God, the book that God gave you to show you where you can find the greatest joy that you can ever possess, which is in the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so the greatest gift of all is, uh, is having the Lord Jesus in your life. Now, I know we like to receive presents, and we like to get nice things, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm sure you can probably think of some nice things that you received for Christmas over the years, and, man, you really enjoyed it, and you really appreciate it, and I'm sure it was great, whatever, whatever it was. But the greatest gift of all is the gift that promises to bring peace and joy and eternal life. I'm going to leave you this verse, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The Bible says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Listen to that again. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God. You know what a gift is? A gift is something that was given to you. It didn't cost you anything, but it cost somebody else. That's what a gift is. Uh, if somebody gives you a gift, that means that it didn't cost you anything. But it does mean that it cost the other person something. Whether it was their time, whether it was their labor, blood, sweat, tears, whatever it was, they put in something. Somehow or another, they got this gift that they freely gave to you. And so every time you receive a gift, man, you look at it with... Uh, you look at it with a blessing. You look at it with, uh, you look at it with, uh, uh, of course, with happiness in your heart and joy because you see that. Listen, somebody cared enough about me to, however, however it is that I got it, but somebody cared enough about me to put in some time and effort and blood, sweat and tears, whatever it was, to give me something. Why? Because they love you. They care about you. They're thinking of you. Uh, and that's exactly what God did. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so this morning, what we all see is that God cared so much about every single one of us, not just us here, but that God cared so much about everyone in the whole world that what did he do? He gave his only begotten son. He gave it. And you know that uh, receiving the Lord Jesus doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. But what it does do is that but it, but it costs Jesus Everything. What did it cost him? It cost him his life. I mean, the Bible says that he left, he left his home in heaven and, and, and he came down to this old sin-cursed world and he came here to give himself to you as an offering. He sacrificed himself there on the old rugged cross to give you something that you could never possess on your own. You ever, uh, you ever, can you think of some things in your mind that you think, you know what, I could probably never have this. Or maybe, maybe you're sitting here this morning, maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, I would never have this if it wasn't for this person. Or I would never, I'll never have this if, unless something, some miraculous miracle takes place. Well, you know what, we could never achieve eternal life if it hadn't been for the Lord Jesus we could never have had the gift of salvation. We could have never had all of our sins forgiven. We could never have peace with God and stand justified before the creator of the universe. We could never have any of those things unless it had been that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so because of that, the greatest gift was born there in Bethlehem as we read through, uh, as we would call the Christmas story. And as we read through that, uh, uh, this morning, uh, we're going to see the greatest gift that could ever be given. Let's take a look at it, Luke chapter 2, there in verse 8. The Bible says, And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, 
which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Now we think about the greatest gift of all. The greatest gift which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what, and what does the Lord Jesus gift? I mean, there's a lot of things that are wrapped up inside the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we think about the greatest gift that God has given to all of mankind, not, not just to certain people, you know, but, but, but to all of mankind, to the whole world, because the Lord Jesus came to die for everyone in the whole world. doesn't matter who you are. And so the greatest gift, when we think about the greatest gift that there is, and we begin to unwrap it and we pull the boat, and we begin to examine the contents and see what's on the inside. What are all these things that make up the greatest gift that we can ever receive? Of course, it is a whole lot more than what I can preach about this morning, but there are some things that we can see as we unwrap the greatest gift and we examine the contents of the Lord Jesus. What does Jesus have to offer you this morning? And we're going to look at that in the acronym of JOY. And one of those things is, is justification. Justification. You know, when we receive justification by God, you know what that has the idea of? That means it has the idea that your sins can be completely forgiven. That you are justified. Of, that when the Lord Jesus died on the cross for you and He shed His blood for you, that He gave you the opportunity by accepting the perfect works, uh, the perfect work that He has done on the cross, that He's given you this morning the opportunity to be justified of all of your sins. Isn't it good to be forgiven this morning? How many have ever needed forgiveness? I tell you what, I believe all of us, if we can think about some moments and times in our life, we've all needed to be forgiven sometimes, amen? And so the, 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 the joy that we feel on the inside, the, uh, how it makes us feel to know that we have been forgiven of all of our sins. How many of you remember when you got saved? Remember the day you got saved, or not necessarily, some of you may remember the year, the date, and the month, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't remember that, but I do remember the moment. I remember where I was at, and I remember, uh, I remember what I was doing. I remember where I was at. I remember calling out to the Lord Jesus to save me. Uh, and, and, and there is nothing that I would trade from that day to this, of that moment of knowing the day that I got saved. There's nothing that I would trade. There's nothing that I would give up in this whole world for the for my salvation that the Lord Jesus has given to me. That is the greatest gift that I can possess. What did the Lord Jesus say? He says, what shall a profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? I mean, what is it going to do? I mean, we can do everything we can to, to try to grab as much joy uh, out of this world as we can, but we're not going to find it because it's only found in Jesus. But we can do everything we can to try to grab as much as we can. We can do everything we can to, uh, to try to buy this and have that and all these things. But none of it is going to bring us the joy that I believe we see a lot of people in this world that are looking for. You know, there's some people, they're looking, they're looking for this joy so much and they can't find it. And so what they're doing is not only are they looking for the world to get it, but thinking maybe I can find it in appeal. You know, we live in a very medicated society. Did you know that? There's a, you know there's about appeal for everything? I mean, if you think of it, if you can think of it in your mind, there's appeal for it. And the world knows this. Listen, the devil knows it too. Now, don't go home and say, well, the preacher said I shouldn't be taking my medication anymore. And you start growing a third eye or something. Listen, don't be blaming me for that because that's not what I'm telling you to do. 
I'm just telling you this morning that we live, we live in a very medicated society. We live in a, we live in a, we live in a, in a, in a very uh, materialistic society. And in the midst of that, what we have to do as Christians is make sure that we see that, listen, have, that having things isn't bad, but when those things become, come before God, then that's bad. And so we, we got to make sure that, listen, that we don't put our, that we're not trying to find our joy and our meaning of life in the things that's, uh, that's in this world because we're gonna, really going to find all of that. We're going to find that in Christ. We're going to find that in Jesus. And if we try to find uh, any of those things in any other place, we're going to fail miserably. And there's a lot of people today that are failing miserably in their life because they're thinking that I can just get everything that I need out of this world or they're thinking, well, maybe there's a, maybe there's a pill for this. Maybe there's something I can take that'll just make me feel better. Maybe there's, listen, we live in a very medicated society, and there's a lot of people today that think, I'll just find, uh, I'll find my joy uh, in a pill. Some people may call it a happy pill. I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know. Uh, but, but, that, but people are looking for that. They're looking for something to try to help them to get through life. They're looking for something to try to, uh, to, try to give them strength. They're looking for something to give them comfort as we go through life, whether they find it in a pill, whether they find it uh, in drugs and alcohol, whether they find it in materialistic possessions, or whether they try to find it in any other fashion. But they're looking for joy in all these other the things and it's simply and the Lord Jesus says, is telling us listen right here you can find it right here you can find it right here but we're willing to we're willing to pay large amounts of money to try to find joy and there's lots of people that'll pay all kinds of money to find joy I mean they, you say well, how do you know that because there's lots of people that'll finance their joy on monthly payments Right? Yeah, I'll finance my job. How much is this going to cost? Well, this is going to cost you $500 a month for the next six years. Okay, I'll do it. And then you find out that that don't bring you as much joy as you was really hoping that it would. Now you're looking for every way to get out of it. Because about three months later, you find out that that didn't really give you the joy that you wanted. And the Lord Jesus is offering us the greatest joy that we can ever have for free. You know, they always say, in this world, there's nothing free. And that's true. But I'm glad Jesus wasn't of this world. <laughs> in this world, there's nothing free. You ever seen those commercials? Well, you, the, 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 you can have this. It's absolutely free. And you sit and you think to yourself, okay, I know nothing's free. Now, you go to the store, and they tell you, they offer you something for free. You, you go to get an oil change, and they'll say, I, you'll get, you get an oil change, and you get this for free. Somebody's paying for it somewhere. And it's probably you, somehow or another. You just don't know it. Plus tax. There are two, chipping and handling. Listen, there's all kinds of ways that they're going to get you. You can have this for free, but you got to pay $100 in chipping and handling. You know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to get at. Listen, there's nothing in this world that's free, but I, that just makes me, and, and I know that, but that's what makes me so glad that, that, that I know that because Jesus is not of this world and Jesus is free. He came to this world. He's not of this world. He came to this world. Listen, the Bible says the wages of sin is death and there's a price tag on that. There's a price tag of sin, and that is death, and that's an eternity without that's an eternity without God if you die without Jesus, and there's a price tag that can never be paid. But Jesus came to offer us the greatest gift that could ever be given and it was a free gift a free gift to you and we receive that in uh, joy the, the the joy of our justification to be forgiven forgiven of your sins the bible says there in verse 
10 of Luke chapter 2, the Bible says, And the, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born. This day in the city of David is Savior, which is Christ's Lord, a Savior, because we need to be saved of our sins. Saved of our sins. Saved from our sins. Being justified. Having all of our sins forgiven on the cross. Isn't that good to know that when you stand before the Lord, that you don't have to answer if you're saved? That you don't have to answer for your sins anymore? Man, praise God for that. Because I tell you what, I would have a list that ran from here down out to 29 and went straight down the road. And if you're like me, you probably would have a list like that too. That's exactly right. But I'm so thankful that my Bible tells me that that list, that handwriting of words, those things that was written against me, that whenever the Lord Jesus died on the cross, that that list was put on the old rugged cross and, and, the, and, the, and the blood of the Lord Jesus washed it away and cleansed it and offered me forgiveness for all eternity. The Lord Jesus took my sin upon himself. He took my sin upon himself. He took my sin. He took my guilt. He, he took all the things that I should have been crucified for. He took all the things that I should have died for. And he took my place there on that cross and gave me the greatest gift I could ever possess. And that is life and forgiveness. How in the world can I ever repay someone that's ever done something so great for me like that? The Bible says there in verse 10... The angel said unto him, Them fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Joy. And justification from our sins. Justification from our sins, uh, that we were freed from our sins, that he took it upon himself. But you know what also happened? When he saved you from your sins, he also saved you from a place. Saved you from a place that no one in here this morning would ever even want to dare probably even see some place called hell so not only did he save you from your sins but he saved you from an eternal judgment he saved you from he saved you from a, a fiery eternal judgment the Bible talks about in many scriptures Luke chapter 16 especially so not only did he save me from my sins but listen I can be happy this morning that not only do not only are all my sins forgiven not only do can I have a new start on life a new lease on life not only can I have all of that but now my eternity has been changed. Now I no longer have to fear dying and going to hell. I know that I got a heaven to look forward to. That I got a heaven to look forward to. I, I don't have to worry about this morning that, that I'm going to die today and that I'm going to go to hell a, a second after I die. I know that whenever I die that I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord. To be absent from the body, the Bible says, is to be present with the Lord. And so that I know that no matter what happens, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, that in that moment when my time comes, I will be present with the Lord. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To die is gain. What's he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us, he's saying, listen, as a Christian, your whole eternity has been changed. Because you're saved and all your sins are forgiven, if you die on this world, what are you going to do? Are you going to lose anything? No. You're not going to lose nothing. But you're going to completely gain everything that you never thought is even possible. You mean the things that I didn't even think was possible? Yeah. Because one of my favorite verses of the Bible 
which says, it hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Hasn't even entered into your heart. Hasn't even entered into your mind the things that God has prepared for you. So when you die, you will have complete joy there in heaven and you will definitely gain. So we see the justification from our sins. We see our eternity completely changed from hell to heaven. Well, how did all that happen? It happened through the next thing, the next truth. Not just justification, but the offering. The offering, the offering of what? The Lord Jesus himself. The offering of the Lord Jesus himself who came and died on that old rugged cross just for you. For you. For you, for me, for everybody in this world. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will drink of the water of life, let him drink freely. Let him come. The great invitation. So not only do we receive joy out of the good news of the Lord Jesus, justification, but it all happened because of the offering that he gave when the offering was himself. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, he says, by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, I know you look at yourself and you say, well, I'm not a perfect person. And your spouse will look at you and say, yeah, I know that too. And maybe those of you that know you best will look at you and say, I know that too. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You know what that is? That's eternal security. That's eternal security. That's, that's the Lord Jesus showing us that, listen, when you get saved, he has set you apart, and now you are safe in the Lord Jesus. You are, you are a saved child of God, and you have been perfected forever. Listen, that's the once completed work that Jesus did for you. He's not going to die for you again. He's already done it one time. And so when he, was, when he was born there in the manger, there in Bethlehem, and then he lived, his, he lived his sinless life, and then he gave himself on the old rugged cross for you as an offering for your sin. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That every man has gone astray, that there is not one, no, not one. And so what that shows us this morning is every single one of us can find security. Every single one of us can find uh, justification. Every single one of us can find forgiveness in the joy of the greatest gift that's ever been given to man. A free gift just for you. A free gift for you. There in verse 10, the Bible says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. You can jot this down. The Bible says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Talking about Adam there in the garden. Even so, by the righteousness of one, talking about the Lord Jesus, the free gift, which is the offering of salvation, and his giving himself on the cross, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. In other words, that's the Lord, that's, that, that's the Bible saying, that's God, the, uh, that, that's God trying to get you to see this morning that because of what my son has done, he has came into the whole world, he lifted himself up so that, so that all men may see him. And because he was lifted up, he, he presented himself to the whole world because the whole world was in sin. The whole world needed a savior. And so he was lifted up so that he would draw all men to himself. 
to offer himself as the free gift to everyone that was willing to receive him. Not because of who you are. Not because you're a good person. Not because there's so many people that care about you or the lack thereof. Not because you the possessions that you have or the lack thereof. or Not because of any of these things, but because you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. And if you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, then you're rich. You're richer than most. You know, the devil has a way of coming along, especially during the Christmas time. I guess because when it's Christmas time, we, we feel like that, well, you know, I just don't really feel like I... Because listen, if, if, we all want, if, if we all was able to do what we want to do, we'd just buy everybody everything, right? I mean, if we wanted, I mean, if we were able, if we were able, we would say, you know what, I would just like to buy everybody that I, every friend I have, and of course, some people may only have two, uh, but, uh, but, but if I could buy every friend that I have or everybody that I love, everybody that I know, I'd like to get them something. And if you could do that, you'd do it. But you know, during this time, because we live in a materialistic society, what happens is, is you start feeling down on yourself because you feel like, well, I can't afford this, and I can't afford this, I can't get them this, I can't get them that. And I really would like to do something for them, and I'd really like to do something for them. I'd really like to give, I'd really like to do this, and I'd really like to do that, and I'd like to do all these things, but I just can't do it. And the devil has a way of coming to us during these times and saying, you know what, you're such a failure. You're such a loser. I mean, if you, if you could just buy, if you could just get this for them, or perhaps if you can buy this for them, then you would be accepted, or maybe they would love you, maybe they would care about you, or, or maybe if you could possibly do this, then you would have that which you want. And the devil has a way of coming to us during this time and making us feel so bad about ourselves because we feel like we're in so insufficient sometimes in our life that we just can't give everybody what we like to give them sometimes even our spouses and even our kids or anything else and what we realize is that as I said this morning in talking about brother Benjamin Anthony being here with us today it's not about what I can buy somebody it's not about what I can give somebody it's about who's around me it's about the greatest gift that I can possess most importantly which is the Lord Jesus Christ but it's about being, it's about having those that you love and that you care about with you during this time. Did I tell you what, we're going through some difficult times. We're going through some difficult times, and, and we may have some more difficult times that come ahead in the, ne- in the next year. I don't know how things is going to go, but the Lord does. And so what are we going to do? We're going to trust in Him. We're, we're, we're going to rely on Him. We know that God can do all things. And so we know, that, uh, we know that He is going to lead us. We know He's going to protect us. We know He's going to provide for us. We've come this far. He hasn't let us down yet. And God didn't lead the people by the Red Sea to drop them off. When they looked around and didn't see another way, God split it and led His people all the way through on dry ground. And there were many obstacles that God's people faced in the Old Testament, in the New Testament alike. And throughout, the, throughout our human history, there's been many times it's arisen where God's people were put to a certain test and were faced with many challenges. And did God leave the people there? Did He just say, well, fend for yourself. You're on your own. No. He provided for them. 
and he was there for them and he helped them and as we celebrate Christmas this year I think one of the greatest things that we can really understand that I can have is is knowing that I'm, that I'm saved that I'm forgiven of my sins that I have peace with God and only because of one reason because of the offering that he gave the offering that he gave for us and what is the next thing? The next thing, first, it's the justification. Second was the offering. And then the why is simply you. Simply you. The Bible says in verse 10, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring... Who? You. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And so he says there in verse 10, not only am I bringing you good news, but I'm bringing you good news that's going to be good news to everybody. And good news for everybody. And it don't matter who you are. Lastly, just you. You think about that. Can anybody say this morning, God has never given me anything. I don't think so. The fact that we're even able to sit here this morning is an example of God's grace. It's an example of God's mercy, the fact that He has given us all the years that we have is an example of God's mercy because it is renewed every morning, the Bible tells us. The fact that He knows you more than you know yourself that he knows how you live your life. That he knows the things you think. He knows the things you do. He knows that he already knows the things that you're going to do. He already knows the things that you're going to say. He already knows the things that you're going to think. And he still loves you anyway. Amen? That's, that's our God. That's our Savior. And he is offering you this morning, despite of all of that, is offering you this morning the opportunity to get saved. And you say, well, preacher, I'm already saved. You know, sometimes I think we forget how awesome it is to be saved. You know, what did, what did uh, David say in Psalm 51? When he committed his affair with Bathsheba and gotten away from God... He was really doing a self-examination after Nathan pointed his finger at him. And as he began to do this self-examination, he began to see how far away from God he, he was, and he began to see the, uh, the awfulness of the sins that he had committed. And what did he say? He said, return unto me the joy of my salvation. You know why? Because sometimes I think we get so used to being saved that we forget how gloriously, how, how awesome it is to be saved. That our salvation is, uh, is, is something that we should rejoice over so much that our salvation because even though it didn't cost us anything, it cost the Lord Jesus his life. And yet he's seated at the right hand of the Father now and will live forevermore. But he died to give you the free gift. He died to offer you salvation. He died so that you can have forgiveness. He died so that you would have an eternity in heaven. 
He died to offer you in a way of escape. He died so that he can uh, say in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. He died so that in Peter he could say that, that, that in heaven there is an, an inheritance reserved there for you. Incorruptible, undefiled. All of that because of Christ. And sometimes we can just kind of go through life and forget about really the greatest thing that I possess is, is my salvation. But sometimes because of sin or because we just get uh, uh, so burnt out on other things or because we get back out into the world or whatever it is, we forget that the Christians, the Christians of this world have the greatest reason to rejoice. The Christians of this world have the greatest reason to smile. Even in the midst of everything that we're going through here. I think about, anybody here ever read the book? Uh, I ain't read the whole thing, but I read a lot of it. Fox's Book of Martyrs. Anybody ever read that book? I tell you what, you read about some of those folks and the things that they endured and the things that they went through and great men we see in the early church, just Polycarp and other guys. Men that were, men that, were uh, that, that God used over the ages to bring us about the Bible that we have in our hands today. And all the torture and the things that all these people went through so that you can hold the Word of God in your hand. And how the devil has tried over the centuries to snatch it away and rip it out. How the devil has tried over the centuries to do everything he can uh, to get people to doubt it and confuse it and to change it and, and to come up with all different kinds of ways to distort the Word of God and to steal it away from people's hearts as it is, as it is preached. And to take away the joy as much as he can. To try to, take, to try to steal the joy away from your life. And for the devil to say, do everything he can. I think maybe especially during Christmas time. To try to replace an imitation of joy. Which is just a happiness. And that happiness is only going to be around for a little while. But that joy, something can't nobody take from you. That comes from Jesus. Christians this morning have the greatest reason to smile. And I'm not saying that when we go through hard times and difficult times, and some and some are worse than others, that, that we just that as we're going through those difficult times, that we just smile, even if it's fake. But what I am trying to get you to see is what I am trying to get you to see is that even in those difficult times, that God can bring peace. You say, how in the world can I smile in such a how in the world can I smile in such a terrible time in my life? You ever seen some people go through some pretty rough times? And you sit there and you look at them and you think, how are they holding up? How are they how are they holding together in their life? I mean, how, how are they not just bitter? How are they not just completely angry with God? And because Sometimes what you don't necessarily see is what God's doing for them on the inside right now. He's moving in their life in a way that you can't necessarily see what's going on on the inside. But because God's doing something on the inside of their heart that maybe you, don't, that you can't see, but you do see, the, you do see the fruit of it because you're thinking in your mind, how in the world can they go through such a terrible time like this and still maybe perhaps have a smile on their face or still joke around a little bit? How can they do that? Because I think God has a way. God has a way. When we lean on the Lord Jesus, the Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace 
his mind is stayed on thee. Wow, think about that. I'll keep him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on thee. When we keep our focus and we keep our thoughts in these difficult moments in life on the Lord Jesus, not everything else around us, but on him, we have this perfect peace that begins to flood our life. And there's a lot of people that just don't understand that. How can they feel this way? How can they be okay? How can they go through this? And, and how can they deal with this situation? It's because they're doing everything they can to stay focused on the Lord. When we go back to Peter as he was walking on the water and he began to sink, when he took his eyes off Jesus, the same thing happens in our life. We take our eyes off the Lord, we begin to sink, we begin to go down. And what did the Lord say when he looked down at Peter as he was sinking in the water? Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. And just this much faith can do what the Bible says? Move a mountain. Just this much. Just that much. So whatever obstacle that we face this year, as we close out this year, we go into next year, understand the greatest gift that has been given is the joy, the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's offering you today justification of your sins, save you from an eternity in hell. He's offering you a place in heaven all because of what he's done, not because of what I've done, not because of what anybody else has done, not because of what anybody else was able to buy, but the Lord Jesus himself, the Bible, the Bible says he purchased us with the blood, with, with his blood. He bought us with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus, his offering. And who did he do it for? He did it for you. And so when you think about joy, where does joy come from? And why do I have it? And how can I get it? It's about him. It's all about him. And that's all it will ever be about, is about him. And anytime joy becomes, anytime Jesus is not the object of our joy, And you're gonna, then you're not going to possess, you're not going to have that which you're looking for. Because Jesus is the object of everything that we will see as joy this morning. The Bible says there in verse 11, we'll close, he says, For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. As we pray this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to understand today that Jesus loves you more than you know. More than you possibly know. Jesus cares more about you than you can ever even imagine. You know the Bible says that his thoughts towards you are innumerable. In other words, you can't even imagine, you can't even count the thoughts that God has towards you in a single day. So when you begin to feel depressed or begin to feel unwanted, unworthy, or whatever it is, or that nobody cares, you just know that the Bible says that His thoughts towards you are innumerable. You can't even count how many times a day that the Lord thinks about you. That's how much He cares about you. 
If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, there's no greater time to get saved than this morning. As the piano plays, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, you've never called out to the Lord to forgive you and save you of your sins, there's no greater gift than the Lord Jesus. If you're counting on any other way to get to heaven, any other person to get to heaven, you're going to miss it. But if you've never come to the Lord Jesus, said, Lord, I see that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe you shed your blood for me. And this morning, the best way I know how, right here where I'm sitting, I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. You don't necessarily have to be a prayer in those words. It's not in what you say, it's in what you believe. The thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. If you're here this morning and you're praying, you're asking the Lord Jesus to forgive you and save you of your sins. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out in front of nobody. But if you're praying this morning, asking Jesus to forgive you and save you, I'd just love to rejoice with you this morning. Would you slip your hand up so I can see anybody, anywhere? I pray and ask Jesus to save me this morning. It could be that you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I, I need to get saved. Would you help me after the service? Hey, I'll do that. You come see me after the service. could be that you're here this morning and say, I know I'm saved. I've just gotten away from God. I'm wanting to come back. The Lord Jesus is willing and ready. Arms wide open. Ready to forgive. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all our righteousness. And get everyone to their feet with every head bowed and eye closed for just a moment. I'm going to give you a chance to come to the altar. If you want to come to the altar and pray about anything, whatever it is the Lord's laid on your heart, on your mind, I'll give you a chance this morning to do so. Maybe you're praying for some family. Maybe you're praying for some friends. Maybe you want to come and pray for your country. Pray for your church. Whatever. Whatever it is the Lord's laid on your heart, Use this opportunity this morning to come and pray. If there is one thing that is needful in our nation today, it's men and women of prayer. One of the greatest tools that we have at our disposal today, which is to pray, is often the most neglected. Because it's so easy to find so much time to do what 
we want to do in other areas, sometimes we find it difficult just to find five minutes to pray. Last verse. Amen. You may look up. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Sure was a blessing to see everybody. If I don't see you before Christmas, I want to tell you Merry Christmas.